Hello and welcome to another episode of Triple the Fitness. I'm Lewis, also known as LJ Muscle. Here today with me, I have Naeem and Ben to discuss the important topics in and around the fitness, health and nutrition industry, answering your questions and offering all of our own opinions. I hope you enjoy. Hi guys, Ben here. Welcome to another episode of Triple the Fitness with me, Naeem and Lewis. Say go hi guys. Yo, yo, yo. Yo, yo, yo. We are in episode six That's it. <laughs> um, of triple the fitness and today we have some awesome topics to talk about uh kicking it off we'll throw it straight over to lewis because we had a little chat off recording here and it's all about water intake um and i know you've got some really good interesting points about this lewis so fire away please well without sounding like a professor you know on average <laughs> as we know <laughs> the body is made up of about 60 percent of water um now as we were just chatting about, there's never really an exact... We just, we're never really given an exact figure, are we, really, when it comes to water? We usually say... Well, I would personally give some of the advice that two litres at minimum. Um, but the, I, I do find... This is what I personally do, but I personally say two litres of just pure water alone. Like, that's what I personally say. But then I have heard several times actually saying that men would need 3.7 litres a day and then women needing 2.7 litres a day. Um, I, find, I do find that quite interesting, but obviously, again, they're both over the two-litre mark. Um, mm. Now, I do believe water to be one of the biggest parts of nutrition, really. Um, you know, it's, it's very... Uh, it's almost like a... Well, it's like a life source, isn't it, really? Um, and it can fully, you know, help... Uh, achieve goals just as much as our food nutrition, really. Um, but yeah, that's something brief I've got really on water. Um, but I, I want to hear your opinion on this, Ben, about the 3.7 litre thing and the two point. What was it? I've just lost it now. <laughs> two point <laughs> seven litre. <laughs> I think what you've just done there has kind of highlighted the the slight problem I have with it. Mm-hmm. Is two litres is easy to remember? It's easy to mm-hmm. aim for. And it's yep. probably enough. Yep. However, I totally agree with you. It's such an underused, underappreciated side of nutrition that people think it's all about calories. Let's say even say like calories and, and training. But people forget mm-hmm. about the water intake and the regular water intake, not just I'll have two liters first thing in the morning. No, mm-hmm. it's not going to work like that. Just as much as with the training side of things, sleep and recovery. Like we're missing out on real big chunks, but that's another tangent. So for me, the slight problem I have with it, and I kind of simplify it even more with, with my clients, is two litres probably isn't enough if you're exercising regularly. No. But at the same time, measuring it, are you like we're using pint glasses at home. So how many pints are there in a litre? You've got to then give all of that attention to, to converting these things. I just say try and drink water every 90 minutes to two hours. Or if you've gone to the toilet and you look like your your pee is a bit uh, dehydrated, so a little bit Mm. of a yellowy orange color, drink more and utilize that as your kind of go-to. Don't measure it. Mm. Drink more than you think you should and look at your urine. Yeah. Mm. Well, actually, yeah, I was going to say something on that. Like when it comes to measuring, the only really way I would say to people, because you can't measure it out, you know, uh, especially when you live quite a busy life, the best thing I say to people, if they have got a bottle that's got some kind of gauge on it, then you know roughly how much you've had. Um, 
And so I don't think two litres is enough. Like that's a minimum really for anybody a day, in my opinion. Um, I usually say to people, like depending on the hours they work and stuff, I say try and get two litres by 12 o'clock personally. So like by lunchtime. I mean, that's what I, I think, do and I find yeah. that to be really effective because the thing is once I've got to two litres by 12, I know I've got to the minimum I need. Then for the rest of the day, I know I'm going to drink throughout the rest of the day, water anyway. But yeah. that guarantees it for me. That's like, right, I know I've got the minimum, but now I can do better and get some more throughout the day. You know I what think I mean? Thing, um, things like that, I see a lot of shift workers and even just people working two till 10, a lot of their mm. day hasn't really started before midday. Mm. So they're, they're working till later. They're perhaps getting straight to bed, but perhaps sleeping in till nine, 10 o'clock. And then they yeah. have their first pint of water at uh, that with their coffee and their breakfast realistically they're not getting two liters in between 10 and 12 and i'm just no. being pedantic for the sake of it there's so many different <laughs> lifestyles out there yeah exactly it depends on what works to, for you in it. to give goals by yeah 12 o'clock two liters i just think simplify it even further unless you're a top performance athlete it really doesn't matter as long as you're drinking pure water i do agree with you with that regularly mm-hmm Mm. Yeah, Naeem, Naeem, you feel like I feel like we've forgotten about you a little bit, mate. I'm about to take the world by storm, so I'm a little bit of a water intake maverick. All right, so I don't Ooh. I don't look at any of these weird measurements or anything like that. I'm a I'm 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 gonna lie to you guys. I'm a frequent pee checker. All right, <laughs> what? check those peas by just looking at my pee. Uh, a big thing for me especially is to to bear in mind with water intake that it is conditional. So if it's a hot day, chances are you probably are going to need to take in more water. Whereas obviously if it's a colder day, your your body kind of registers. Like you'll realize on a colder day, you tend to go to the toilet less as well. It's like your body's like, "Mm, you don't need to lose. You don't need, do you know what I mean? Like, or is it the other way around? Is it you go to the toilet more when you're colder? And you go to the toilet less when you're warmer because you're trying to hold yeah, sweat. water. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Homeostatus, my brothers. Homeostatus. But <laughs> yeah, um, I think a big thing to talk about as well with you guys was the measurements. Is like if you speak to general clients and general people, they're like, How can I get that much water in eight glasses? That's so much to drink. But some of these people, let's say if they're wine drinkers, could easily polish off a bottle of wine. But why mm. is the case? Simply because, like, with us lot, when we go to the gym, look at the size of the bottles that we have. You unconsciously just sip through your workouts without even thinking about it. You know, when, but mm. when people envision, I have to drink two litres, why do they start breaking it down into glass measurements? Why do they not take that, let's call it the wine bottle approach, and just say, you know, I'll get through this at some point through the day. You know, you just, you just do it without thinking. And I think, yeah. I think like, what we're trying to all get at here is the simplification of things. When you overthink things, sometimes it's it's almost like death by over-analysis. I have to drink eight glasses. I would, I would never drink eight glasses, but I'd probably do that once I get through that gallon. Like, what's it? Uh, is, it a, half a, is it half a gallon? Yeah, half a gallon bottle. Like, I, I do that really, really easily in a workout. Yeah. I haven't mm. thought about it at all. Maverick. And that's that's that point again is you just said sort of gallons liters ounces glasses people mm-hmm. are like how on earth am i meant to be working this out and certainly as you say let's talk about a big population that we perhaps see is the five o'clock five thirty gym users the nine to five office workers 
like they're sat at a desk it's quite easy to have that kind of same uh, idea of either a big water bottle or regular water trips to and from a, a water fountain mm-hmm. um and uh, the thing i have with water bottles i i much prefer having many on a cycle and the analogy i give is how many glasses would you perhaps get through in a day if you're drinking water from a glass mm. i'm definitely like use use a glass twice and then pop it in the dishwasher or wash it up yeah so it's very much like a water bottle all day for me starts getting a little bit sort of you feel a difference in the taste in the water the almost the texture of the water mm. so to mm. use that for seven days a week seems a little bit like so i've got to now wash it in the night it's just like another layer so i think mm. you guys are right simplify it mm. sip regularly don't worry about how much you're having but drink more than you think yeah. you should just if you're first mm. just replace it with water like it's it genuinely yeah. isn't as hard as we think it is to be i'll literally be yeah. like, oh i'm thirsty okay and i drink a certain amount of water and i won't be like oh i can only have two mouthfuls i'll be like i'm drinking until i'm not thirsty anymore and then yeah. <laughs> you know mm. what i mean it's, it's yeah yeah it's very very easy very very although easy. i do find it's very easy today to uh forget the fact we're not drinking enough water you know what i mean like obviously you will get moments where you dehydrate or you feel dehydrated mm. um but it's sometimes when you really analyze it you can realize that you probably aren't drinking close to two liters but i think that's what yeah. that's where the, some of the confusion is and that's where some of the worry is is when you can realize my question to you is why is the two litre mark always, <laughs> always chasing that if your pee shows that you're not dehydrated? Because some That's days a very good question. I haven't drank enough, but then I'll be like, mm. oh, hello a minute. That's why, why does it still look like water? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think it's just a very good, it is a bit generic, but I think it's just a good benchmark to go with to kind of regulate you know what i mean obviously it depends on how you feel that's a big thing that's a big big thing that's like the biggest factor really mm. but for the average person i'd just say it's probably something good to inculcate daily um Definitely. Definitely. you know like obviously you're going to be like that at one stage but then if you don't drink for like four hours or five hours you know what i mean like then you might change so i think it's just something to inculcate on a regular basis that you have Almost like a because eventually it becomes something that you don't even really think about. You know what I mean? Like for me, I've been drinking water constantly for years, and now it's not really a big problem because I know how I feel, and then I know, you, as, as we're saying, it's like you you get to understand how you feel once you've drunk about two liters of water a day, and then you uh, know you've got that. Yeah, I think your uh, relationship with liquids also change the more you drink water as well. So whereas I mm. used to drink a lot for taste, it's more no, I'm actually thirsty. And I'm addressing the issue mm. of thirst rather than, oh, okay, I just, you know what I mean? I'm just drinking like this fizzy pop because it tastes great. I'm actually like, wow, mm. a minute. that's actually dried out my, my mouth even more. I don't feel yeah. hydrated. I still feel very thirsty. So that's yeah. a really, really interesting point. We, we, dr- we eat for hunger, yet we don't drink for thirst all the time. Mm. Mm. And that, that way of kind of considering that half of your nutrition you got solids and fluids if we're not concentrating on the fluids for thirst um and that has many effects in my eyes Mm. then Mm. you're you're missing out on a big chunk just quickly guys do you think okay without getting it complicated again we've got the male and female split but what about the the height and the body weight adjustments? You know, Naeem, you're significantly taller than me. I wasn't going to say heavier. Um, 
it comes do, do you think you should be drinking more water than me? Oh, for sure. For sure. I've got more, yeah, more, more. If we're looking at it like that, I've got more active tissue, potentially more cells in my body. And water's almost like a medium which they all live in. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need more water. Yeah. Naturally. But mm. it also depends on other things, Ben. Like if you're way more active than me, then maybe our numbers may be a little bit more equal. If I live in a for sure. country, my numbers maybe. Do you know what I mean? It's just it's so. You know, the more you know, the more we go. Actually, it depends. Mm. Like you said, it was that. <laughs> yeah. The more you know, there's no definitive answer. It's more yeah. the yeah. stroke of the chin and going. Well, it just depends, doesn't it? <laughs> I think it's, I think with the, the three point seven and two point seven liter, I don't think that's the best thing to go because it's it's not practical. You know, it's impractical for daily life, really. Um, you know, and and the fact is. It's, it's the worry all the time, as we're just saying. Like, could you imagine trying to think, oh, only 3.7 litres of water a day? Like, that's, that is one study, but it's just not practical. Whereas I feel like if you say on average about two litres of water a day or something like that, that's a bit more practical, you know, as a minimum, um, than saying an exact figure. Um, I think, I think, yeah, like, the... I think like we were saying with the calories, no one gets exactly the calories, you know, that they say they do or something like that, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, it's a very similar thing. I think it's just good to have some sort of benchmark, which is known to generally be the two liter mark, really. Yeah. And then you work from that on how you feel as well. Because as you're saying, the height thing, like you could have somebody like five foot seven, then six foot seven, and then so you can't really say, you know, depending on activity level, it, they would need different intakes, really, because they're a bigger person, really, isn't it? It's difference, as we're just saying. Well, like, like you opened up with, Lewis, it's 60% of our total mass. And if there's more mm. mass, that's more percentage. It's, sure. it's, it's that simple. Sure. Um, 90% but yeah. of our blood as well. So. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm pretty exactly. sure someone's sure bigger is going to have more blood. Um, what are your guys quick? I'll just wrap this up on, on this point and, and then we'll open it up to any final remarks. What yeah. about thirst kind of um, perhaps showing itself as hunger? Do you think a lot of people overeat to try and fix the effects of thirst? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think mm. there needs to be a bit of self-learning, a bit of self-intuition there. And just a bit of um, self-learning. Like they need, Because a lot of people don't realise sometimes that they are thirsty and they'll just yeah. mistake it as hunger and they'll come, they'll be like, oh, I'm always hungry. And then the first thing that some of us do say to them is, have you tried drinking? Maybe you might be thirsty. Oh, well, no, I never knew there was a correlation between the two. Mm-hmm. and then and they're the people that are stuck in let's say a surplus or they've seen like a weight gain occur and they're like i don't know what's going on because i just think i'm hungry all the time okay so how much water do you drink nah don't drink that didn't even know it existed you know <laughs> like they're mm-hmm. the kind of questions that i sorry they're the kind of conversations that i've had at points in time where it is just it's so bizarre to think that some people barely drink liquid through the day barely mm. I can't imagine my yeah. life without water. No, and I, think, I couldn't. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? And I think because of yeah. that, because I'm um, well hydrated, and obviously I'm in a def- I'm eating my just quickly. I'm eating three. No, I'm eating two thousand three hundred calories, and I'm and I'm I'm easy right now. Normally, just to give you a bit of context, I'm on three thousand six hundred in normal life. In lockdown, it's 3,100. So about an 800 calorie deficit. And I'm just drinking my water, eating my food. And, and to be fair, we're a bit hungry, but nothing I can't manage. I would imagine mm-hmm. that to be very, very different if all we relied on was food and no liquids. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say that. Boom. 
Fair. Mic drop. That's my quote. I th- <laughs> <laughs> Lewis, have you got any sort of final points there you want to make? Um, I think the relationship with water depends on how long you've been in that relationship for with it. You know what I mean? I don't think people realise the importance of, you know, even how it feels to drink more water until they actually do it. Um, you know, the biggest thing I've noticed is when I get clients come in and they don't drink a lot of water before, they don't appreciate it so much until they've actually inculcated it into their life. Um, you know, I've had so many clients, they'll come back and they'll say, oh, you know, they, they go, maybe they go a day where they don't drink as much as they should have, then they, they feel the difference so much more than they used to. Mm. You understand what I mean? And then also when they switch over to personally, I'll find this fizzy drinks like, you know, not going to name brands, but any fizzy drinks like if I go and have something like that, I know it's a huge, I can't even finish a bottle now personally because I'm like, nah, this doesn't feel, I don't feel hydrated. I, it's just for a taste, you know, I'm not on board of it now and I don't like it. It doesn't feel good. Mm. Um, you know, actually, I was, I was uh, in Great Yarmouth only like the other day. Um, and I had a, like, my mate got me a Coke and it was the first time I've had one. In a long, long time. And I actually said to a friend there, um, I said a while back to her, I said, you know, I couldn't, nowadays I could not finish even a can of Coke, really. And I, I literally got down to near the bottle and I was like, I don't even want it anymore. You know what I mean? That's like, I think if we go back quite a few years ago, I could have had about three, you know, because it's the taste and you, you feel the difference, as I say. So really, I think the relationship with water, you just kind of have to do it really to notice and appreciate yeah. it a lot more. Um, weird, yeah. Especially but there is something yeah. I'd like to touch on is caffeine in, in, in the future. Does caffeine dehydrate you? That's something I'd like to go on to. Ooh. Put it on your like, notes, mate. Now. We'll talk yeah. about that. Yeah. Is, something is, in the future. Typical Lewis noise. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> 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 Can I just talk one thing, just quickly, what you said about carbonated drinks, find interesting, is that I'm like you, man. I'm in the same boat where I can never finish one anymore. And I actually watched a really interesting video, which was like, it's a carbonated drink. So we expel carbon to then try and put it back into our bodies. I was like, mm. wow. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, so why am I doing that? I was like, I'm trying to actively get rid of that. But then I'm, yeah, I was like, well, oh. I just back in again. Interested. Yeah. Interesting. Really interesting. I mean, that's yeah, it was well out of my uh, my scope of knowledge. So I'll, I'll I'll do a little bit of research into that. I think and, and have a little read up. Um, excellent points there, guys. Um, I suppose now is a nice time to talk to the listeners. If you drink plenty of water, please let us know in the comments down below. Sure. Um, does Spotify have a comment section? I bet it doesn't. Does it? I don't think it does. I don't either. believe so. But if you're on Spotify, go and head over to our social media at Trouble the Fitness and let us know how much water you drink. <laughs> By all means, um, we're taking we're taking water um, <laughs> we're taking water measurements all day. <laughs> don't, don't be measuring like I need three point seven. Right, guys. Okay, next next topic. Um, just off the top of my head, we've got some stretching and the effects it has. On general performance, and I don't mean performance just as in the big heavy lifts or the fast sprints. I'm talking about how stretching can improve your flexibility performance, your mobility performance, which I think hopefully 
kind of goes without saying. Naeem, you are the mobility master here. Mm-hmm. What is what is your uh, opinions on stretching and regular stretching? There are different types of stretching. Maybe yeah. maybe introduce people to the various types before we dive into this. Well, I'm ready, mate. I'm, I'm, I'm more than ready for this one. So, <laughs> like, like Ben said, I think we need to address what type of stretching we're even talking about before we can even look at the effect of it. So, um, of course, we've got static stretching, which is kind of finding that how far you can go into like an end range position. So uh, let's say if we use like a hamstring test, for instance, and we go touch your toes and just hovering your end position, that is that is effectively static stretching. Can we all agree to that? We if can all agree. In the end range. Um, and this is where this is really interesting because... <laughs> This is where I think we, me and you, have seen lots of content where this was believed to be, you know, it was supposed to be like the be all and end all. Oh, make sure you stretch, make sure mm-hmm. you stretch. And when we think about stretching, generally, we think about static stretching. Um, things like mobility mm-hmm. and like ballistic stretching and loaded stretching have only really got more attention as like since I've since I've kind of even got more interested in fitness. I didn't hear about this when I was like 15 I didn't hear about this when I was 18 either I was hearing about the other forms of uh, stretching more so like at my age now do you know what I mean but mobility has become a big thing that's been uh, pushed through which is almost like a dynamic stretch it's moving and contracting muscles uh, through different phases of movement so rather than just kind of like dominating the end range of a position it's almost like trying to build a stability, coordination, and a sense of uh, basically coordination <laughs> and strength through the entire range of movement. And that's why I think um, we have to vary between mobility and static stretching. Again, can I get an amen or can I get a contradiction? Amen. Amen. Yeah, sorry. All together. <laughs> so now when we're looking at static stretching, I believe from everything that I've seen to have read that it is quite a short-term benefit um, in terms of you do feel a bit looser because you are hanging out in that end range position. And especially if you don't access that on a daily, um, sorry, on like a daily minute or hourly scale, you are going to feel different because your muscles, are they like that. They like to be worked with their full range of motion. But they're like, oh, hello. I didn't realize I had this in the bag. But for me, the practical use really is only to ever cool people down is I almost try to say um, I use this at the end of training and it's almost like bringing people back down to their base level. Okay. We've got your heart rate pumping. Your muscles are like, they've been contracting and nice and warm. Okay. Let's just chill you out. It's more of a mindset thing for me. It's more of a, mm. it's more of a mental psychological thing for me. Mm. I don't, I don't want to talk too much. Can I, can I quickly talk about mobility or, <laughs> well, I think I think if we get let's get Lewis's input yeah, in stretching. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in terms of you stretch, and then we'll come back to mobility because they are slightly different. I think stretching is, I think dynamic stretching is overlooked too much. That's the way mm. I see it. You know, I don't see many people mm. in the gym doing any dynamic stretches before, like you know, after they've got like a pulse raise and once they've got the blood flowing. I don't see dynamic stretching done too much. Um, and I used to be, I used to be one of these people that I used to just kind of, years ago, I used to just kind of throw myself into it, and that's where more injuries, you know, used to come along, unfortunately. But now I find 
it's like oil for a car, you know. You're getting your entire muscles ready, you're getting your joints ready. It's like a preparation. And I do find personally it does help improve my performance. Um, You know, I find I can feel the muscle contraction better and I feel my range of motion is better in all moves once I've done it. As I say, it's like putting oil in your car, you know. I feel like every time you go into a workout, I feel like the oil is on, is on red, you know what I mean? And then you need to top it up each time just before. And I feel like if you don't do that, then you've obviously got the risk of seizing up the engine, you know what I mean? That's, that's the way I see it now. I feel Absolutely. like it's something that definitely needs to be like, put into everybody's routines. I mean, we do that you know, at the start of our classes, get some dynamic moves. We don't do our statics, but we do our dynamics. Because I find yeah. the statics, as you say, it's better for a mindset thing. It's better to get a bit more relaxed after you've, you know, you've done the workout really. Whereas your dynamic is obviously moving about, you're still keeping that, you know, that pulse up a little bit. Um, and it's like just getting yourself fully prepped in a way. It's like another version of a pre-workout. Um, but for your body, you know, you get, yeah, that's the way I view it really. Cause obviously I've touched on, there's many sources of pre, you've got your mindset, you know, you've obviously got your actual pre-workout. And then I feel like this is another one. Um, yeah. I feel like these processes are just overlooked too, too much. You know, you fail to prepare, prepare to fail. It's the same sort of thing. Mm. Um, and then you're decreasing your chance of injury. You obviously, when you're doing your dynamics, you're building a bit of heat as well. You know, as I think we've actually touched on this before, haven't we? About, you know, you are reducing the risk of injury, which I've personally noticed that's a big thing. Like, I haven't really had any injuries for a long time since I've been doing a lot more prep and dynamic stretches and even statics as well. Um, obviously, it's inevitable. You probably will get something along the way, maybe, but you're less likely to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just feel like I, when I go into it, I don't I don't see anybody in the mat area doing anything just before they work out. I, feel, I see people walk in, come through the door, and they're literally straight on a machine. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> trying to do the normal weight. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like I can't imagine that, the feeling. You know, I think it's like the water wanna... as well. Sorry, go on. Touch on a little bit there, Lewis. Is obviously your kind of gym and let's say client base is going to be a little bit different to that. Certainly, Naeem's, where it's almost mobility and then your your standard kind of sessions. But you're very much sort of weights and strength based sessions. Mm. Why do you think, not necessarily personally, but for the clients that you're seeing and the people going to the gym regularly? Why do you think they don't stretch? I think it's because of the, of the lack of knowledge, I think, because it's not talked about. Well, maybe the lack of the awareness of its importance, maybe. You know, obviously, there are, it's out there, but there's just not enough importance put out, which I can totally understand, because I've been in that boat. You know what I mean? I think it's, you know, because there's so much talk about workouts and how important they are, but there's not enough talk about stretching and how important they are. Because I think mm. they said it's it's a separate routine in a way. Like it's just as important as the workout itself, but there's not enough emphasis on it, which I can totally understand why people forget about it. You know, um, I would I would almost want to argue the point that it's more important than the workout because if you were to do a dynamic stretch routine, and I just want a, a very proud moment here, guys. I just want to <laughs> shout this out. So my my university dissertation was on exactly this. So I got fifteen of my classmates. I took them through a dynamic stretch routine and then a load of performance tests. I took them through a static stretch routine uh, mm. weeks later and did the same performance tests and compared the difference. Um, and that's obviously against a control group where they didn't, on a third session, they didn't do any warm-up. Um, 
And granted, this is just 15 people. It's a small drop in the ocean. And I'll talk about it in a little bit more detail later on. What I have a problem with is people are very easy to walk in with lifting belts, lifting shoes. They'll go straight to a vending machine and pop a a pre-workout or they'll bring something in. They'll have all the protein, yet they won't invest 10 minutes into a dynamic stretch routine. And just for knowledge, these guys are training five or six days a week. They know about something. It's not like, oh, my God, I've been to the gym for three years and I've never understood that warm ups important. What? No, that that can't be a knowledge, a gap in the knowledge. That is a naivety mm-hmm. in yeah. my eyes. For sure. That's if they know it for a long time, then yeah. yeah. I, I tell you a thing as well for me, like when I first started as well, it was like more into my weights and stuff like that. It was almost just thinking that stretching was boring. And not, obviously there is a lack of education in there, but just thinking I, I was just so resistance uh, orientated. You know, I just wanted to get in there. And my warm-up consisted of doing a lighter version of, whatever exercise I was doing. And obviously, as we now know, that is that potentiation. So just kind of like priming the muscles that you're going to be using, kind of just um, making sure that the signals that you're sending to those muscles are kind of like switched on. The fibers that, yeah, it's almost like waking up the muscle fibers. That's it. Um, But yeah, it was was literally just that. It's just I wanted to get in. And there was also time constraint. I also felt as if stretching was going to take up way too much of my time. I wanted to be in that gym. And out, and I didn't really want to be farting about with, you know, um, bending down to touch my toes, or <laughs> and, and which I now know is not that at all. Like mobility, I ain't gonna lie to you. Mobility is sexy. It's a sexy subject. Yeah. <laughs> I I think there's there's a huge sort of difference and a huge line that needs to be crossed when. Um, yeah, maybe if you are in the gym for, for less than 12 months, you don't know about the importance of stretching. Yeah. But I think when you're further down the line, you are now doing the, the four big lifts regularly. You are looking at weights that you're lifting. You're looking at progression plans. You're looking at getting stronger to think, mm. OK, I'm going to take BCAAs and protein and this and that to try and improve those numbers without ever looking at a warm up. Yeah. And a mm. big thing that I use with my clients and myself is I look at professional athletes mm. and not to live the life that they're living, but mm. go, you know what, if, if a footballer does 45 minutes worth of uh, warm ups before they kick off, and that's both the starting lineup and the bench, yeah. a small percentage of that's going to benefit me on the gym floor. For sure. Mm. For like, sure. Yeah. Not to the same extent, not to the same length of time. And, and maybe I'm stereotyping a lot, but a lot of guys like to watch football or like to watch sports mm. and to make that connection happen doesn't seem to occur. So why are these guys doing those sort of warm-ups before a big match? Mm. Maybe that does help their performance or does it just mm. make it look like they're doing something else? Like <laughs> we're not just warming up for nothing. <laughs> it has been shown to improve your output. Mm. That's a good yeah. I think that's a really key point is it's not just warming up to make sure you're reducing injuries. That's one part, but you can literally improve a lift by dynamic stretching before it. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yes. I, I like to point you brought out. If you've been going for a long time, then you still don't, and you have the knowledge and then you don't choose to do it. You know, I, I did like that point actually. And, um, and, and I think that's like, obviously that's a line there. We go, well, where, where is a long point? If you said, okay, like one year and 360 days is a short time, <laughs> but two years and one day is a long time. 
okay, well, mm. on that two year, you should be learning about it. No, you should be in, implementing and, and being interested in how to improve your workouts mm. all the time. Yeah. And I think what I'd like I'm... to see is something like, you know, in the mat areas, I'd like to see something like, you know how you get diagrams on machines and how to do <laughs> the workout? I'd like to see more pictures or more things in gyms that focuses on maybe dynamic stretches or some sort of like boards that are like did you know that dynamic stretching will help you know this and this and this you know i feel like that would be good i think i think in the studio area you are then assuming that the guys that need to dynamic stretch are going to go in there to read a poster Mm. <laughs> no, so like a like a like a notice you know like when you walk in i don't know just something that yeah no i know more what you emphasis mean. because there's a lot Absolutely. of things like oh do this workout do that workout now obviously as you just said like rightly said you know people being they are aware of it but if you're touching on as i was saying like somebody who hasn't been coming for a while that probably doesn't have as much awareness i think it would be important to have that more I mean... in gyms I would even want to say, like, my client base can be literally first-timers in gyms. I see a lot mm. of those sort of people. Yeah. And I would even want to say people starting for the very first time, firstly, are more of a, a sponge to your advice and your input so I can get them started on warming up. But they also go, I'm going to come in and do, I don't know, it's maybe not the best warm-up, but they're aware of a warm-up. And they go, I'm going to sit on the bike for 10 minutes to warm up. Okay, you've you got the right idea, but it's probably not the best way to do it. Whereas a lot of people, like at our gym, you can stand there at the front door and you can see them walk like for a beeline straight to the squat rack. They see one free, right? There's no point in me missing out on that opportunity. I'm not going to do it. Whereas the first timers and the newbies sometimes go, you know what? No, I need to stretch and I need to perhaps warm up my body because this is all new to me. I'm a bit worried in the gym. I'm a bit anxious about the gym. Whereas the confident people like squat rack Monday night is free. I need to get it Ooh. and kind of sacrifice the, <laughs> we've got it, Naeem, we've got the yolk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give something, I'm going to give you something that can be very arguable, but this is something I personally love to say. Not in all cases, but in quite a lot of cases, I think the best warm up is sometimes the workout itself, but lighter. What's your opinion on that? This was Naeem's point, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, thanks for paying attention uh, thanks for saying attention Lewis um, I, went, I went outside for a bit <laughs> I I think in a worst case scenario it does a job mm. do you know what I mean but this was going back to my, my dissertation was you had the three groups the control group that did no specific warm up you did the first group that did a static stretch you did the, sec- uh, the third group that did a dynamic stretch um, spoiler alert, the dynamic stretch um, group significantly, so statistically significantly, God, I hated saying that, um, improved their performance <laughs> on everything but a flexibility test, which makes sense. Mm. You know, and funnily enough, the static stretch group improved nothing but the flexibility and the control group just put their performances out there. So if you said, okay, Lewis, I'm going to ask you to do a 30 meter sprint test. Um, As a control group, you can do that in six seconds. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, don't worry. It's just an example. Don't worry. You don't need to actually do this. So you've done this in six seconds. A static stretch group would have done that in about 6.8 seconds. So a little bit of a decrease from no warming up because of your exact uh, example. They're, Hmm. They're warming up while they're doing it. 
but a dynamic stretch almost knocked a whole second off and we're down towards the high five seconds. Mm. So to look over three weeks, there's no training involved in this. There's no, um, you need to gym, you need to exercise for X, Y, and Z. It's just literally three occasions. I need you to come in and do these tests. So another one was like a jump height. So like a, a vertical, um, vertical power test. I think another one was a broad jump. So a forward jump, 60 meter test, sit and reach test for hamstring flexibility. Uh, and then an agility test. So lots of fast paced mm-hmm. stuff. We're looking at getting, can we get the muscles alive and awake with a dynamic stretch? And all of those tests, but the flexibility significantly improved. Well, so awesome. I think on a f- Monday night at six o'clock when the gym is busy, if you desperately need to go and sit in a squat rack for an hour and there's one free, I'd argue go. But mm. you're going to be holding yourself back from gains that you could make short term by dynamic stretching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's about getting both in there, really. It's about getting effective warm up as well as the stretches we were just saying, really. You know, um, warm up is it's both of those. Yeah, it's, it's got to encompass so many different strategies. Yeah. And to just go in and lift, you'll be fine. Mm. You, you know, you've got a muscular ability there. If you mm. bench press 70 kilos, you can go and bench press 70 kilos after a few sets of warm up. No mm. problem. But if you want to hit 80 and you want to hit 80 quicker, I would say go and do a proper warm up. Go and have a pre-workout. Do that whole pyramid of needs thing. Are you hitting those essentials, those foundations straight away? You know, I think on something like that, you need a, a history. You need a progression plan. You need some background in bench pressing. And then mm. you need the, the right uh, warm-up. You need the right strategies. You need the right headspace. You need the right nutrition and sleep. And then you need some pre-workouts and supplements. And mm. then you might need some sleeves. And then all of a sudden, mm. these like combination of lots of different things will help you hit a heavier weight. But if you're yeah. missing out on lots of those things, you're relying on one or two parts of that pyramid. I think it's understanding your workout as well and which muscles you definitely like, really like, depending on what you're working as, like you really need to make sure you know which muscles you need activated. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I think like if I'm doing bench press, I want to make sure my lats are definitely, which people forget, I want to make sure my lats are definitely, you know, activated and ready as well as just the chest muscle. But that's what I mean. Yeah, it's getting yeah, yeah. a really good understanding of which muscles, even if you, you might not think it to be, but you really need to understand them at the same time. Um, yeah, just a brief point on that. Um, Naeem, you wanted to touch on mobility. Yeah, yeah. Where do I begin? Because we've kind of dug into it already. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think just for just for the listeners, I think we should talk about what it is in terms the, the, of... The difference between flexibility and mobility, I think, is always an interesting point. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I still need to be crystal on that. But from what I perceive it to be is flexibility is your ability to get into like a like it's, it's the end range of a movement so like i already discussed the flexibility of let's say someone's hamstrings for instance people deem it to be dictated by if you can uh bend over and touch your toes and obviously the more flexible you're perceived is if you can get your hands flat on the ground or something like that you're seen as inflexible if you can only get to somewhere like your um shins or ankles or something like that Whereas obviously with my with mobility, it's more of like the it's it's like the strength, I guess, 
and control of the entire movement. So if that's that's how I would see it. I'm trying to I'm trying to think if I if I know any other way of saying that a bit easier. But <laughs> I'm trying to think, nah. I ain't got I ain't got uh, nothing. I, mean, I ain't got nothing but that. I'd say for, mobility me, is it's almost like the focus of the entire movement and yeah, your sense of control through that entire thing. What would you me, say to that, big man? Yeah, for me, mobility is about the joint. Flexibility is about the muscle. Yes. So yeah, you can like have a flexible hip joint. So you can have lots of movement base, but your hip joint itself could be very stiff and immobile. Mm. Um, and you have it the other way. You, you heard of hypermobility. So people's mm. joints are almost insecure um, and hypermobile that they stretch more they move more but they're uh, renowned for being quite inflexible because their muscles are trying to compensate from a want of a better word a loose joint silence I like that I like that (laughs) I think you summarised that really well I was waiting for Lewis to go Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't really got anything else to add. I think you just like, really covered that well. Like, we said that, but, yeah, I think that was really good. Awesome. awesome. Excellent. Any closing points on, on flexibility and stretching? I do want to say, what's your favourite stretch? Ooh. Have you got a favourite one? Name it. Yeah. Well, no, can I do two words again? <laughs> <laughs> I'm worried now. Is it a question? <laughs> No, it depends. depends. Uh, (laughs) I have lots of favourite stretches, but if I want to stretch my calf out, I'm not going to do a shoulder stretch. Um, Ben, you you buy 90s. I love that. Love it. Yeah, that was literally the one I was going to say. 90 by 90. Or they call it the world's greatest stretch. I don't like that name. Yeah. Um, But that's quite a good one. I'll tell you what, guys, maybe as part of this podcast, all the listeners, I keep forgetting this is being recorded. I feel quite relaxed today. Maybe it's because I'm still in bed. (laughs) Um, But this will be the next set of videos going out. We'll be showing our favourite stretches, our uh, best stretches for certain things. I think, Naeem, putting your 90-90 out there and the skills you've got in terms of the resistance work in that as well is is great. Uh, Yeah, Lewis, maybe some more uh, specific things. And, And as you said about maybe a bench press warm-up that would be class let's get the listeners understanding how to warm up better for their bench and as you touched mm. on the underappreciated back muscles shoulder muscles as well as clearly the chest needs working so maybe we can start incorporating a little bit of of videos to go alongside this yeah Ooh, yeah. yeah yeah i'm a big fan big fan i don't really know what i'm gonna do <laughs> hear the excitement the all right guys variations We've got one more point, um, one more key topic to talk about today. And we kind of brought it up last week a little bit. Um, And it's, I don't even know how to introduce it, toning. And the importance of exercising (laughs) with toning. Is toning a thing? Is toning something that's just been used as a word to make people want to lift weights more? And what are your thoughts? I mean, hopefully I've just put a couple of ideas out there. Lewis... I know we had a little discussion about this last week on the podcast. Mm. Remind everyone your beliefs on toning and what you think is, is important there. I think there's just a lot of misconception behind toning. I think toning is looked too much as to be just weight loss, isn't it? Um, you know, where I think we were touching on fat loss and weight loss. Again, it's like really what it is, it's just changing. You, you shouldn't be focusing so much on the number on the scale with toning. 
because it's just changing your body composition really you know you've got to you have got to do muscle exercise as much as you don't want to like i mean it's just saying you're not going to look like arnold after you know like a year of weight training i mean honestly it's get to get that stage it takes so much more than just what the basic weight training you know that you probably need to do for toning um but i think the word toning is overused and i think you were saying on this as well ben that i, I personally think that there needs to be a bit of a better uh term rather than toning because toning has got so much uh misconception as i just said and there needs to be a mix of training in there um and it's not just focusing on hits and metabolic training it really needs to be i think really you need more muscle training if anything that's just my opinion mm. but i do think you need more muscle training focus than you do on your hit training like you could probably do toning with most muscle workouts and then have a little bit of cardio at the end. Um, Lewis, yeah. I think I think what you for me what you're getting into now is you're trying to compare it to lots of different things for a certain particular result. Yeah. When it comes to toning, I feel like it's been introduced years and years and years before any of us perhaps were even born. Yeah. To try and encourage dare I say, mainly women. The point I made last week was... <laughs> yeah, sorry, mainly women. And the point that I made last week was I don't think I've ever had a male client say I'd like to tone. Yeah. No. So it's mainly used by the female population of the gym to almost hmm. make them feel better about asking to do weights. For sure. And so people yeah. tone by going, we know that toning your muscles needs resistance-based exercises. Mm. So why are we calling it toning and not weight training? Yeah, it's, it's weird, isn't yeah. it? Because I, I was in that same mind state as well. Like I was going to say, it's almost like toning is used to make uh, the gym a bit more of a friendly place to go. Absolutely. Yeah. Rather than seen as this like, rough and rugged place where you know everyone just sweats a ton and just builds loads of muscle and there's no pain and no gain. It's like, oh, I'm actually just here to tone it's almost like a softer approach when in, in reality you're there for the same reason everyone else is there to change how your body looks to change the composition mm -hmm. of your body it's yeah, it's mega mega interesting and i think even last episode when we got into that it was like okay cool so a weight loss client comes over and goes oh i want to lose weight but i also i want to lose sorry fat um, I also want to look really, really toned. Oh, okay. So mm. like Lewis has correctly said, we need to get some form of resistance training in there so that our, our muscles can get some type of adaption. Like they need a stimulus so they can be like, crap, I, I need to be a bit bigger. Like yeah. we, we've all seen that, haven't we? Where people have just entirely focused on, um, I was going to say just like pure cardio and cardio isn't bad. I mean, it's, it works the heart muscles and that, but they reject uh, providing their muscles a stimulus so like how are you supposed to get that tone how are you supposed to build that lean tissue underneath and you've got nothing to stimulate um, stimulate it and then you're losing all this mm -hmm. weight and you almost look kind of empty you know they're like mm -hmm. oh they, they get to a, a, a size or they get to a number on the scale that they're happy with but they don't like how their body looks because yeah they've strictly yep. just focused on one form of training i think yeah. that's that's such a good point and and the, the, the example I give to my female clients especially is your body is designed to be the shape of the muscles it has, mm. 
not mm. the fat that it has. Mm. So yeah. when you are holding a little bit too much body fat, your body shape is going to be a little bit out of what firstly they want, but also how it's designed to be. Mm. And when we're then exercising the muscles, you're not going to, I think we sort of touched on, like you're not going to lengthen and make the, the muscles look <laughs> nice and stretched and long. Like your muscles go from two points on bones. They can't be lengthened. They can't okay. be stretched. They can't look sleeker. Right. They they either grow or they don't. Mm. And too many people, as you've just said, Naeem, they will lose body fat, but without then developing muscles. And that is then not the look, I think, that people are sitting down in a consultation and wanting. For sure. For sure. They, mm. they go, oh, I'd like to tone and lose a bit of weight or fat. And you go, okay, mm. cool. So we need to do some like a heavy day we need to perhaps do some heavy deadlifts and we need to work on some uh, upper body muscles we need to do your overhead work that's always an underappreciated movement pattern for people like you mm. think, oh no, no no i don't want to do that i was just thinking about doing uh 40 minutes on the treadmill and then some legs bumps and tums yeah. <laughs> you know okay <laughs> oh, i don't i don't want to get big and bulky from yeah but that's like that's like saying oh you know when you go shopping and you lift something heavy no nah, i don't want to lift that it might get big and bulky yeah. It's like going to the first <laughs> swim and going, I don't really want to be as good as Michael Phelps. You're, you, you're, like, you're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything takes yes. time and everything happens, yeah. I guess. All that kind of stuff is all, it all happens for a reason, basically. You know, like yeah. his programming made him that good. Arnie's programming and all the other things that he did made him that big. Mm. We know, like as, as PTs, we know, how well we should at least know how and why we're training the person in a specific <laughs> way. So trust us. When we say let lift and get some weights, it's because we want you to look the shape that you envision. Because okay, is, is is that right? Though? Am I am I right? I, I like I like that. I've got a a, a question for you both. Then, um, can you therefore tone and lose fat at the same time? <laughs> but what is toning <laughs> well th but this is the point so if someone's coming to you and saying i'd like to tone and lose fat yeah are you in your head as a pt are you saying no problem we can do that no um, i have i have a bit of opinion on this yeah i'm staring at the person and going because this is our role as well we are there as educators that is yeah all of it so i say to them so are we toning or uh, like, what, what is, t I actually ask them, I go, well, what does toning mean to you? Well, um, it means I'm losing weight. So your secondary goal that you've just listed after toning is already under toning. And <laughs> is there any yeah, other component? You know what I mean? And I'm like, so is there any other component? Well, I just want to make, um, I just want to look a little bit tighter. Okay. So we would, we would see that as PTs as a little bit of muscle growth or a little bit, yeah, just a little bit of more lean muscle tissue, which would obviously mean in some shape, way or form, we need to include some resistance training. And that's just how I'd break it down to them. Yeah. So if, I, to be honest, if I, got asked that, I haven't been asked that question, but if I was, I think it would just give me like a couple of seconds in my head to process, hang on a lot. <laughs> but yeah, but as you say, we're there to obviously educate um, because that, you know, that is the idea out there sometimes like, there is, as I say, there's just not enough clarity behind toning. Um, I think this is yeah, the underused tool of PTs is mm. we sit down and have a consultation and uh, without 
saying certain PTs yeah. don't do this very well. They make their consultation about their ways and not about their clients' needs. Sure. Mm. And I think a lot of personal trainers are, are very good at this. And, and what you've just touched on there, Naeem, is absolutely bang on. Is For me, you can't lose fat and build muscle at the same time. What mm. we can do is work the muscles in a calorie deficit. Therefore, you are going to be getting some kind of resistance through the muscles and losing fat. Mm. Brilliant. But then a lot of people are going, why am I doing deadlifts and in a calorie deficit, but I'm not losing weight? And we're like, well, hang on, slow down. Let's look at your body fat. Let's look at the measurements. Look how different your body's changing. Mm. In that situation, focusing on scales, for me, isn't the best way forward. Sure. Uh, because you're putting a lot of new effort into big muscle groups to help the calorie burn, to help you lose that little bit of body fat, but also you therefore get in those kind of early stages weight benefits you're you're learning how to squat to deadlift to pull up properly and your body's perhaps never done that before mm. uh so i think a lot of people go into that thinking toning is one thing and weight training is another and fat loss is another really mm. i think we're looking at that goal and, and without assuming we're kind of thinking okay there's this client in front of me that is asking for this particular goal i think i know what they mean and it's their knowledge base their education it's the first time they've ever stepped foot into the gym i'm going to make them feel comfortable and confident with what i think they want not what i want them to want yeah for sure mm. there's a, and there's a, a fine line between that isn't it it's, okay no what you need to do is learn to deadlift properly and we're going to do your deadlift six week deadlift plan yeah. i don't want to do that but deadlifts are important so it's kind of this real kind of counterbalance within your personal trainer's mind of, I know what you want. You don't know what you want, mm. but I'm going to try and educate you and, and try and help you out down that path. For sure. Because I think even when me and you have had conversations before, once you can link a purpose, a rationale, people just get on with it. You know, because mm. like how I start is that I will always train people like the core fundamental four exercises because from there it's almost like if you know how to recruit your muscles effectively there you can almost use anything in the gym or like 80 percent of it so i kind of have that bit where i enforce my style of training but that would never ever be without consulting and understanding what that person wants first if if it's yeah. somebody who wants to do like kickboxing with me i'm not going to be like all right then so we're just going to learn how to squat what, <laughs> what <do you> mean? <laughs> when it comes yeah. to okay we're gonna to have to be using resistance and they're going oh but i don't want this because i've got a tone and i'm like okay so this is what this would mean this is why we're doing this uh, does this all make sense oh yeah yeah that all makes sense okay cool let's get into it yeah hmm. exactly yeah. that Lewis, yeah, any right. final points? Are you quite good with that? I'm fine. To be honest, covered a lot of points there, so I'm just I'm listening today. I'm listening, I'm listening <laughs> to all this information. Well, the final little blasting point before we get onto our quotes of the the podcast um, is explaining from our own personal experiences the mistakes we have made in the gym and what we've learned from those mistakes. Are we now doing things differently or? Have we learned a lesson that we didn't want to do again that's helped us and our clients out? Um, 
I feel like me and Naeem just been talking a lot about Tony Lewis. So what's your biggest gym mistake <laughs> that you've learned? My biggest gym mistake? Oh, I mean, I'll tell you what, I'll let you guess what move it was. It's a very big move and it's quite a common one. I'll let you guess which move it was. Is either the squat or the deadlift? One of those two. Oh, I knew Deadlift. <laughs> deadlift. There we go. <laughs> deadlift. This was quite a few years ago. This was quite a few years ago. I went... Um, I used to be one of these people that used to kind of... It was these people like run into a deadlift. You know what I mean? But not quite literally run, but you kind of go into it quite quickly. Um, and you don't get yourself set up as, as efficiently, if you want to sort of mean. Mm. Um, and what happened for me was I went in a bit fast, not really... I, was, I didn't really care about my setup too much. I wasn't focusing on the little things, you know, because the little things really have just as much as importance as the big things in the move you know obviously keeping your spine neutral kind of thing and then using the right muscles but there was a slight foot out for me um doing a pb um and then as i was picking up uh something in my back went bang <laughs> and that was that was me for a quite a while and then the same again a few weeks later in a leg press um and that still affects me today um and for me what i think that taught me is to understand processes of the big lifts a lot more and get more effective well even dynamic because i didn't even really back then i wasn't really focusing too much on the dynamic stretching as well so a bit like when i said with the bench earlier you know i want to make sure every muscle and all the little things that you don't expect i want to make sure they're prepared you know and even just the position of where you need to be needs to be prepared and even for a deadlift you know um that's you know like your foot in especially in the deadlift that is a big thing and there's a lot of debate around that um about where your feet should be i don't know if i don't know if you've heard about the, the controversial kind of thing or you should have quite a narrow grip we should have like a well narrow foot stance or wide but really it depends from each person yeah. um and my problem was i was going off all these kind of YouTube videos and stuff, oh, you should go narrow. And I was just like, right, okay, I'll do that. So I rush into it, walk up to the bar quite quick, go in there, try and lift. Little did I know, my right foot was slightly too far inwards. And I started slanting to one side a bit in the lift. I actually got it on video, then it was pop. And that was it. Can't go back and change that now. But now if I do a deadlift, I do what I actually, I make sure I'm in the position that works for me perfectly before I engage in the lift. Yeah. Um, and that was the biggest lesson. That's not, I don't know, I don't just apply that in deadlift. I apply that to squat. I apply that to bench. Most, pretty much all moves, especially the biggest moves, you know. Um, and it's not just throwing yourself into a lift too quickly. A bit like, you know, those cheap bench presses, you know, like it will come off and it bounce and then back up again. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that just, it's high risk, you know. Um, but that's just like my biggest mistake in the gym. And as I say, it still affects me today. But now it tell, it reminds me to make sure that I don't rush into a lift too much, especially mm. if I'm PB in it. Um, but yeah, that was my worst gym experience, really, or uh, mistake, I would say. Um, yeah. Yeah. Have you got anything else you want to share on that, Ben? No. Um, ben, if you don't mind, I'll go first. Okay. Okay. So I think my biggest uh, training mistakes, gym mistakes, uh, would be the lack of critical analysis. So it was the lack of asking why. It was the lack of trying to search for the rationale behind things. And this kind of ties into your point, Lewis, 
in the sense of you would go on YouTube, you saw someone go, okay, use a narrow stance, and you never actually thought to yourself, how do I feel when I'm doing that? Do you know what I mean? So I used to see exercises quite a lot. I used to try them out. And I know in myself, they felt uncomfortable. Like for mm. maybe because I was either doing them wrong or they're just not made for someone like myself. There's probably better exercises out there. Or yeah, there's probably better exercises out there that I could have used for my frame or for like how my body responds to things. You know what I mean? But because I saw this and this person said it, I'd just get onto it and I'd go and do that. There was I was exercising a lack of critical analysis. And I think we must always listen to ourselves. Like if, we're, mm. if we can take advice from people, we can trial it. But if it ain't working, just because someone who you perceive to be a fountain of all knowledge, it doesn't, that person doesn't know you personally. They don't know you. And mm. the more you learn about it, you, the more you learn about maybe materials to counteract what they're saying, you may even find your solution that lies in the middle of these two different schools of thought. But that would mm. be my that would be my thing to people is to question things. Question nice. things, trial things, but don't live by the things that you see. Always live by your reality, not someone else. Yep. Oh, is that my quote? Right, write write that down ready for your quote <laughs> session in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's really interesting because I suppose if anyone has got this far in the podcast, um, we we actually don't don't talk about this sort of thing before we start, do we? We have a little mm. bit of a, a catch up. So the way that all three of us are almost going to connect, but from our different backgrounds, I would say my biggest gym mistake was not to have my own coach sooner. Mm. So mm. I am a client to another PT and another PT that I I respect his input and he also respects my personality and obscurities that i have to question everything like naeem just said so if he's wrote me a program he doesn't just get away with that i have to ask why he has to he has to then back everything up because usually i'm using him for a particular goal now at the same time i'm paying him for his expertise i want to make sure that i'm agreeing with what he's doing or he's got some idea about what he's doing he hasn't just thrown these together so I would say if you if you do have a coach and you're not asking questions, you're not understanding, as you've just said, Naeem, you're not analyzing, then you're not making the most of this person that's in front of you. Sure. And also then linking it to, to Lewis's point, I can make sure all of my, my lifts, my technique, my points are, are in line and, and not so much in line as in a, a physical in line, but everything is checked off. There's a tick box in place that... Okay, Ben, last week, do you remember your hip dropped a little bit when we were doing that? It looks a bit better this week. You're on that. On that. And, and my coach has got that ready straight away. He's c- reminding me where I've come from, but also with what I'm doing well this time. Mm. Yeah. Well that's fair. It's fair. Yeah, that's yeah. When, when I get back, that's, that's the first thing I'm doing, man. I'm signing up to this coach. <laughs> For me, I've got a lack of goals. So I, I, want, I want to find harder things than obviously get the progressions and get the roots to them. And I will be doing exactly like you said, I will be questioning, oh, okay, so why am exactly am I doing that for? And mm-hmm. Even better in our processes, because when someone explains to us why they're doing that, it's like, all oh, right, then I could take elements of that and then give that to some of my clients. 
Totally. Yeah. Mm. Really, really good point. I, okay, I then have, go. I have got a bonus tip today. A bonus, a bonus tip, tip, which is, I don't know if right. you have heard of this, but I have found it. Touching on the deadlifting about finding your footing. This is something I've used. I know a few people have used. And it works very well to find where you, even for your squat as well, it can work. Um, there was something I was coached on. And as coach came over, he said, right, okay, to get your foot in, what I want you to do is close your eyes and run on the spot. That sounded weird at first. I was like, right, okay. So close your eyes, run on the spot. And he says, get ready to jump when I say. So he says, now. And then you get ready to jump. Your feet, your foot position changes. And then he says, don't actually jump, though. So he says, and I'll do it. And I get my foot ready. And then I notice, he says, look where your feet are. He says, your body naturally goes to the most explosive um, stance. And he said, that's where your footing should be in your squat and your deadlift. It's going to be different for every person. But that, for you personally, is going to be your best. And I've used that in my deadlifts and squats. And I find that is the most effective thing. And it's worked for me. That's, that's a little bonus tip. That's interesting. Definitely. Uh, yeah. I have heard of something similar and it instantly got challenged by one of my mentors, which I was like, oh, of course, this is why I'm like I am because <laughs> the people I look up to challenge what I bring to them. Yeah. So your body will always take the path of least resistance. Mm. So if you do have some, let's call it muscle dominances, I don't want to call them imbalances, certainly with power and, and plyometric work, there's no structure to the technique. You are just literally trying to jump as far as you can. Mm. Um, and I have a little bit of an ongoing hip problem. So when I was training for my charity challenge last year, mm. I was working on improving my single leg hop. And I could tell that my plyometric work on two feet and individual feet were different. So to use this kind of analogy is great. Uh, and the example is great, but I do think it's not the perfect position. I think it's putting you in a pretty close position and then a mm. couple of tweaks will probably make it quite good. I, I know that I, I shift my weight massively to my left if I'm squatting because of mm -hmm. my right hip. So yeah. even I just agree to run to on the spot. It. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think what you're saying is, is great and it's, it's a mindless thing. So you're running on mm. the spot, you're being asked to yeah. plant your feet strong, your body's yeah. going to take the path of least resistance. But yeah. if they is some resistance whether it's in the joint or the muscles mm. or the capsule of the joint it's like your body will naturally work around that without you thinking about it so there needs uh, to be some thought uh would you not agree though i got a question would you not agree though it's a good way to give yourself like a guise to see if you have got any imbalances so it's actually a very good test at the same time not just for the lift so you could look mm. at it as a guide to maybe see where well, if you're saying this, like you, you might have an imbalance and you might have something a bit off, is that what you're saying? And then it could be a guy to say, okay, that's what, you know, you, you might need to work on something. That's what I'm trying to, you get what I'm saying? Uh, I wouldn't use it as a test because it doesn't seem very specific. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> okay. But what I'm no, saying is, I... like, if you're saying, like, a foot slightly out, I think it's a good, you, you can ask the question, why is a foot slightly far, further out than the other, if that's the most explosive stance. Right. Okay. This you is going to be a now? topic for another, another day. <laughs> um, yeah. Why, why is it bad that a foot's slightly out? Well, if you do it several times and you notice that a foot is slightly wider, like, wider than the other, if you get what I mean, then you can ask the question why and then you can look into it. It's not necessarily always going to be a bad thing, but I think it's just a good test. 
okay we'll get to you know what i'm not wording things today i'll get that i'm gonna think about how to word that it's always a really really interesting point to make in terms of Mm -hmm. because obviously i do a lot of assessments all Mm. of my assessments have to be specific yeah if there's no specificity to the test Mm. i don't do it Mm. so if you're saying i i get pain when i land Okay, well, what mm. I might do is start looking at you landing, which is very mm. similar to that test that you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to test your position in terms of imbalances, I mean, there could be a number of one different things that's causing mm. your foot to slightly turn out. Mm. And for your foot to slightly turn out, but you don't have any discomfort or any pain, I don't care. Mm. Mm. For me, having, having parallel feet or you know, what do they say? Sometimes 10 to two feet, which is extremely wide, mm. but then also mm. where's your heel position? Where's your knee position? Like all of this to me doesn't matter. Mm. Okay. But this is another topic. Yeah, um, <laughs> this is another topic. <laughs> <laughs> right guys, t- to finish off, um, we need Ooh. some incredible, <laughs> inspiring, thought provoking <laughs> quotes from the two of you. Uh, <laughs> Lewis, have you got anything worthwhile? Do you always sort of quote I, some I've uh, got some something by my, my, my favourite guy. Guess who it is? Marcus Aurelius. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's stand straight, not held straight. Love that one. Just stand straight, not held straight. That's an interesting one. Explain that. I do like that. So rather than being held straight by other... Oh, yeah. Oh, trying to get me to explain this there. <laughs> so... It's about having like your own, your own stance and your own strength a bit more, rather than being held straight by other things or other or other people. If you want me, with you, I like that. I like that. I kind of just, I kind of just is like exactly. You know, like the example that I said earlier. It's almost in a different way, isn't it? You know, mm. when I was going, like, let your reality dictate that. Yeah, let your reality reality dictate your actions, not someone else's reality. Basically, yeah. Yeah, man, that is deep. Ben, I've got to think. Of, I've got to think of a new one, mate. So you might as well do your thing quickly. <laughs> I I'll give you a little bit more time, and I want to give a bit of background to mine because I don't often do these little stories to my quotes. Mm. Um, partly because I always like to quote myself. Um, but this was one thing, and I don't just necessarily want to take it on face value because I actually disagree with the quote. If you take it at face value, you can't beat a person who won't give up. Okay. Now, what I think is quite thought-provoking on this one, it can be seen quite sort of um, top-level, you know, tip of the iceberg kind of thing, that if you're, if you're against someone that won't give up, that will show up seven days a week, train hard, work hard, sleep, recover, that that's really difficult to beat. But I think what you've got to do is perhaps look at this to yourself. And if you're, if you're the person that you can't beat then you can't give up. And it's kind of this kind of infinity circle Mm. where if you're the person you're trying to beat, then you can't give up to try and beat that person. And instead of kind of comparing yourself and trying to compete against others, you're the person that you can't beat because you can never beat yourself. Let me argue, like if you have a goal and you achieve that goal, there's always another goal. So you're never going to achieve and finish life. You're never going to complete it. You're going to, finish eventually but you're never going to win you're never what is winning when it comes to life there's always going to be something better when you've hit your end goal 
So if you don't give up, you can keep going and you can keep winning against yourself. That is very annoying. I feel like everyone is exercising telepathy because I had a quote in my head that was going down that line. Okay. All right. Just quote yourself, Naeem. Find find something that comes out of the... Dude, uh... Muhammad Ali, mate. No, 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 no. Okay, I've got one, Felix. I've got one. And I think it's very, very relevant to right now. All right? Right now in this case, right now, right here, diamonds are formed under the most... What is it? Most Under the most hardest of pressures. So it's just when you're going through, I guess, when you're going through situations and you're going through things that... Oh, let's and, and let's not lie, they are terribly negative. You know, we always have the ability to gauge our reaction to them. And like I said, with a diamond being formed under the hardest pressure, it's like these tribulations, they can shape you. You can become almost like a survivor and exercise a survivor mentality from that. Because, you know, once you've overcome that, there's there's like this long road. It's like, what, what did MJ say? He was like, I'm not interested that I failed 70 plus times. I'm interested in that one time that I win and do and like complete the obstacle that I'm looking to complete because that's all what matters. It's like once you've done that, all those failures, all those tribulations have rolled into being like rolled into making you succeed. I learn from failure now. I love failing. Mm. I love failing because the thing is to me, it's like, when we were talking about running and I did that 5k and I said to you like, Oh, I actually, I actually run that pretty well, but my back was killing me. That annoyed me. I got, I get annoyed when I fail, but I don't get annoyed because I'm like, I can't do this. I get annoyed because I'm like, I'm going to do this, should be able to do this. And we'll work on this until I get that done. Do you see how, do you see what I mean? That, yeah. That's the diamond mentality right there. Yeah. I love that one. So I was in the corner there, fellas. Everyone was stealing my ideas. I think <laughs> that... he comes out with an absolute gem. Pardon the pun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to try. I'm just trying to find so I don't absolutely uh, massacre this quote. Yeah. Because um, there's another one that is is pretty much in line with what you've just said there. Mm. Um, and it's do do do. Oh my god! I'm not going to hold this out any longer. <laughs> it's something along the lines of. Uh, a gentle sea does not create a good sailor. Mm. And it's exactly that thing is, you know, failing and being tested and and having to work hard is going to improve you in so many different ways. And just because things are hard, just things because are difficult, um, that doesn't mean you should just um, quit, stop, give up um, or anything in between. Indefinitely, no, I agree. I do like that. Excellent. So I want to thank all of the little gems that have been listening to the podcast. Let's set sail. I'm, I don't know. I can't do these ones all the way through. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, once again, guys, we have been Triple the Fitness. Thank you for listening. I've been Ben from Ben Street Physical Therapy. Lewis. Oh, Muscle. Oh, wow. <laughs> we, we've been so smooth in that. Lewis, <laughs> go on, Dave. Go on, Dave. Ladies first. <laughs> All right, then. Lewis from LJ Muscle. <laughs> Naeem from NKM. Yeah, there we go. Ever as smooth as usual. Thanks again for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. Take care.